from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNY News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. When Washington State legalized the use of marijuana in 2014, OB Credit Union in Tumwater, Washington, initially decided not to serve marijuana-related businesses. But when members started asking for cannabis banking services, OB changed course and introduced deposit accounts, debit cards, and some other services for these organizations. The credit union's rationale? We serve the member, not the business. Today, OB serves more than 200 cannabis-related businesses and continues to expand its efforts. I'm Bill Merrick, Deputy Editor for Credit Union Magazine and CUNA News. In this episode of the CUNA News Podcast, OB Credit Union CEO James Collins explains the risks and challenges involved with cannabis banking, some of the operational pain points, and a few surprises that arose along the way. How did you get involved with with cannabis banking to begin with? So uh, back in 2014, when Washington State legalized uh, state uh, cannabis, we uh, uh, looked at that industry and uh, initially decided not to serve it. Um, But some of our members who had had businesses, um, for example, doing drywall, had come to us saying that you used to bank us when I was doing drywall. A month later, I'm now a cannabis owner and you don't. And we rationalized that we serve the member, not the business. So we uh, opened up a pilot program. Since then, we've expanded to over 200 uh, businesses and uh, continue to expand that you know, today. And what services do you offer these businesses? We offer uh, deposit services, uh, so checking accounts, saving accounts. Um, they can also do uh, home banking. They can get uh, debit cards uh, for their business. Um, we're even offering through a third party some limited merchant services, uh, but that's uh, that's not really through us. It's a referral, and uh, we're always looking for more uh more things for them. The one thing we will not do for them at this point is lending. Uh, we look forward to doing that in the future when it's less murky on the legislative side. So just too many compliance risks with that? Uh, a lot of compliance risks. The other issue is uh, trying to collect on that. Um, you have issues, for example, if you had to foreclose on a building that had cannabis in it, legally you cannot touch the cannabis. So exactly how are you going to get that out of there? It's one of the, uh, the major issues that you end up having. How do you learn about all the kind of related issues with cannabis banking? Um, well, the credit unions that do it, we, we do talk to each other quite a bit. So um, when one runs into a pain point, uh, we're quick to share it with the others. Um, but a lot of it is we are running into these by ourselves and then fighting through those. So I like to say we've been doing it since 2014. And there's a lot of blood on the floor so far, but you know we're working through it, and it's painful sometimes. But in the end, um, you know it's worth it. Mm-hmm. What's what's the revenue opportunity? It really depends. Washington State has uh, one bank and three credit unions actively involved in the market, so there's competition. If uh, somebody doesn't like their service or their fees, they can shop elsewhere, and you find the fees there the lowest in, in the United States probably. Um, I know other states that only have maybe one business or one credit union or bank that services that. Um, they can charge thousands of dollars per month for that account. So there's there's good revenue. Um, however, uh, 
the more people that get into it, that's a, a declining environment, basically. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the, the bigger pain points that are involved in offering these services? Uh, the, the biggest one, of course, is it, it's a cash business. And, and just like any other cash business, you have to set up the infrastructure to handle large cash deposits, whether they come in by person or they come in by armored car. How are you going to handle that? How are you going to handle that by insurance? Is your armored car company itself able to handle your requirements? Are they okay handling those requirements? Um, some armored car services will not serve you if you serve the cannabis industry. So you have to be cautious and make sure that your partners are on board with what you're doing and they're sufficiently protected so that the, you don't disturb your regular uh, business. Mm-hmm. Can you say how much cash is involved in like a typical uh, deposit? Uh, it varies uh, 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 quite a bit, and I think it will vary by the state you're in. For example, I think it's in Colorado, their licenses allow them to both grow, process, and sell. In Washington State, a separate license is required for grow, another license for process, and another one for sell, or for retail. So um, the amount that you get will kind of vary by that. Um, retailers tend to have the largest cash deposits. Um, for us, the processors and producers, they typically just are checks. They look like any other uh, more agricultural-based uh, business than anything else. Mm-hmm. How did you ever approach this with your board? What was the whole... Do you remember that conversation, that initial conversation? Uh, it, it was prompted by a letter from one of our members that, uh, again, he was a drywaller and uh, he was not able to have an account with us now that he was doing cannabis. So that got us to uh, think about it and uh, we came back to two principles. One was it was important for us from a safety standpoint to get the cash out of the businesses. Um, and an example there was we had a uh, uh, several instances of home invasions, uh, violent home invasions, and uh, our law enforcement, which was on our board at the time, told us that those those invasions were not looking for the actual product, they were looking for cash. Mm. So that was one of the, the primary reasons we did it. The other one was going back to the where credit unions were founded for, was uh, to bank the peop- uh, those that are unbanked. Those The banks would not open an account for. Mm-hmm. So getting back to that history started us to do that. But one thing we did is we brought in law enforcement, we brought in our regulator, um, and we worked with them, not against them, to, to make this work. Mm-hmm. So what are the biggest risks involved, and, and how do you address those risks? Uh, so probably the biggest risk is BSA. BSA is um, a, a huge, huge deal that is uh, audited constantly, both by ourselves and by the regulators. The fines that most, most uh, CEOs will know are huge under BSA. You say it can actually shut you down if you don't do things right. Uh, there is good guidance out there. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, people saying that they know what to do and they will sell you the services. And they really don't know what to do. Um, but again, if you bring everybody in, you can usually get around that. But your BSA uh, risk is your, your biggest risk. The second risk is more operational, and that's you're now handling large amounts of cash. So you have to make sure that all the little pieces are done from, are your insurance levels right? Have you trained your staff? Do you have good dual control on your cash? 
um, through those kind of processes. Mm-hmm. I've, I've read that it can be a fairly labor-intensive line of uh, business. How do you deal with that, and what are some of maybe the other operational challenges involved? One way to look at it is generally there's three pain points when with these accounts. One is the initial onboarding. And you will find uh, almost universal um, for all the credit unions that do this, they will have some kind of an onboarding fee. Um, in Washington State, our onboarding packet that we get is from 400 to 1,200 pages. Wow. So quite a bit to go through. Um, we, what we do there is we look at what they've told the state of Washington versus what they're currently doing and make sure that's consistent, that their business practices, their investors have not changed since they got their license. So that's your, your first pain point. Second pain point is your cash. So uh, if they bring in large amounts of cash, you have to feed that cash. And you also have to invest in good cash counters, um, more frequent uh, arbor car deposits or, or pickups, um, various other ways to, to get around that. The third is the general compliance. And that is where 100% of all transactions are audited by a compliance expert that understands what their business plan is and make sure whatever they're doing is consistent with that. We don't want to have any like diversion of product, um, sales to minors, all those big things that were indicated in the now removed call memo. But even though that memo is removed, um, FinCEN and BSA still look at that as the guy. Mm-hmm. Are there any common traits among the, the various cannabis businesses that um, that would help to know in, in terms of serving them? Um, one is uh, they are incredibly loyal to their industry and to each other and to those that are willing to work with them. Um, so they may get mad at our credit union for doing something wrong and then 30 seconds turn around and defend us to the death with um, an outside uh, person that's, that's complaining. So they kind of remind me of the founders of the credit union they're always behind you because you stuck out for them. The other thing that I've noticed is that mostly the, we'll call them the hobbyists, are gone out of the industry. These are business people now running a business. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a little bit easier uh, to talk to them. They kind of understand. Most of them have run a business before, so they've had a banking relationship before. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's both a click and it's also a little bit more broad at the same time. So in all your efforts, what's one thing that surprised you about this whole business? Um, how complicated some of the more sophisticated businesses are. Um, when we first got into it, you don't understand the amount of technology and science that is in this industry. It's full onto the higher end of agricultural science. And they are very sophisticated in both their equipment, their practices, their uh, reluctance to have pesticides, lab testing, um, all of these different things. Um, That was one surprise. The second surprise, um, and this is one that continues to this day, is their own employees, because of who they are employed with, are unable to also get bank accounts. And so that has led to unfortunate circumstances of people being paid in cash on Fridays, for example. And bad people know that 
and so they are targets. Hmm. And so we found this entire group of people that are unbanked. And so we've been working on that, even on the lending side, uh, you know, for home loans and for auto loans for those employees. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, we don't we don't make loans on cars; we make loans to people to buy cars. Mm-hmm. So um, no matter if they're in the cannabis industry today, um, I figure even if they quit it tomorrow or get quit out of it tomorrow, they'll do something. They still need a car. They still need to get to work. But I did not understand how not having in a bank account affected those employees. Mm-hmm. Is there any other information that a credit union should know about serving this, this market? One thing is I, a lot of credit unions call us and say, we just want to try it out for a little bit, or we just want to do a pilot program with a couple of accounts. I severely recommend that's not a good way to do it. The upfront knowledge and, and pain you're going to have is very high. So if you're going to go through that pain, you either do it or you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not economical to run five accounts. Uh, it might be economical to run 50. Are you willing to handle 50? That's, mm-hmm. that's your question. And the other thing I would say is, if you're going to do it, tell all of your members that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't try to do it um, you know, beneath the radar because somebody will find out and then you're going to be defending yourself. Mm-hmm. Just get out in front of them. What we did when we did ours is we put out a letter to our members saying, we're going to serve this this business. And uh, we had uh, exactly one complaint. Hmm. And that member is still with us today. So okay. it, he got better. Or we got better. <laughs> Any other advice you'd offer? Uh, no, it's, 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 it's uh, ever-changing. And I would say to the credit unions, um, you know, get with your uh, legislators. And uh, there's a bank act that was just... Uh, Put into the House of Representatives by Denny Heck, and I think Perlmutter's uh, Perlmutter out of Colorado. I would recommend that you uh, look at that legislation, see if you can uh, support it. Especially, uh, we, something has to be done in the Senate. Um, I think the House um, can kind of drive around what, what's there. It's called the Safe Banking Act, and uh, we're looking for support in the Senate. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.